John chapter 1, verse 14. And stand as we read this together and honor God's Word. It says in 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Father, thank You today for Your Word, for what it means to us. And I pray you speak to our hearts. We love you. We love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I hope that you weren't taken aback by Charlie Brown in the sanctuary this morning. But as we played this clip, I think it pulls all of us together because really it doesn't matter what age. I think most of us either remember seeing it when we were children or at watching, having our children see this as they were younger. Uh, and, and really, as we think about this clip, the Christmas story is just that simple. Don't you miss a time when it was just that simple? The Christmas story is just that easy. It's just that simple. Jesus was sent by God to be born in a manger to bring peace to the world. There's nothing hard about that. There's nothing complicated in that story. Jesus came so that you and I could have peace on earth. And there's, it's amazing to me that this secular cartoon that was produced in the mid-1960s, makes me feel older all the time, is still allowed to proclaim the true Christmas message in prime time. Came on this past week. Everything else gets, gets booted down and shot down and voted out and all, but the, the simple message that Linus shares with his blue blanket so he can help Charlie Brown understand the message of Christmas still gets to be played. And I thank God for that. And I was thinking about that this week, that after all these years, Charlie Brown still gets it. Amen? That Christmas is all about Jesus. When all of the commercialism, the Black Friday sales, and all of the Christmas lists are gone, He's still the only reason for the season. And I'm thankful today that we can celebrate that Jesus who came to be born to live a life that He would give for you. And then as we look in Scripture this morning, John 1.14 lets us know that just what we got on that first Christmas, this is what we opened up. This is what we get to see. This is the present for you and for me. And I want to look at that today because through Jesus we receive the ultimate gift. He is the Savior of the world. And today I want us to rediscover what we received when Jesus came down. That's the title of the message today, when He came down. I want to share with you this first point as I look at this, is that when Jesus came down, we received the Word. Amen? You and I, when Jesus came to be born in such an humble beginning, we received the Word. Go back to John. 114, and I may read it a hundred times today, but we want to catch it. And the Word became flesh. And the Word, it says, became flesh. 
and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We received the Word. Listen, John 3.16 tells us that much because He was God's Son. And, and He came from God. And, and we know that He is the revelation of God to us. Jesus is God's revelation to us. We don't know anything about God unless we see through Jesus. We don't understand His character. We don't understand what makes Him think. We don't know anything about God unless we go through Jesus Christ. But because Jesus came to be born in such an humble way, He was raised in the life, and you and I can see God. We can. Through Jesus, His revelation to us. He is the absolute truth in skin. He is the absolute truth. There's no other way. I don't care what people tell you. There is one way to God the Father, that being Jesus the Son. You'll not go through another system. You'll not go through another religion. You'll not go through another false god. You'll not go through a good teacher. You're only going to go through Jesus Christ the Lord. And it's so simple. For us to understand. He's it. Are you thankful when you get to open a Christmas gift? It's a lot of fun. There's anticipation. Sometimes a little frustration if you can't get the wrapping paper just off. How many of you are tedious unwrappers? You just take a corner and you just... How many of you do that? I mean, some people are like that because they like to save the wrapping paper. How many people save wrapping paper? And you save the bows, so they're, they don't... How, how many of you shred it? There's anticipation. There's excitement. And then you open it, and there it is. And you don't have... <laughs> yeah. you, you don't have to say that today... But there's probably times that you are more excited over a particular gift, would you say? To be honest. I mean, I would probably get more excited over a brand new Lexus than a pair of socks. I, I think. But if my... <laughs> true. You had to throw a monkey wrench into that, did you? But... When we look into, the, there may be more anticipation, there may be more excitement, but those are ups and downs. I, you know, a lot of times we get presents and we use them for a while and then we put them up on a shelf. Don't we sometimes? And we might stick them in, in oh, we'll use it sometime. And it, we may do it. We may use it some and... and as years go by, we might find that some of the presents that we receive uh, that we might not, never need and never use, and we may even give them to somebody else sometime. Or we might got to be careful because you don't give it back to the person that gave it to you. But 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 we may not need it. Listen, this present never goes out of style. This present is exactly what you need. This Savior is more than a thing that you can unwrap and put it on a shelf when you want to. This Savior is the Savior of the world who has come to live 
in you. He wants to be Emmanuel, God with us. And, and I'm torn this time of year because I like to enjoy things of the season. Don't you? Well, sure we like to enjoy things of the season. And, and it's fun, especially when you have kids to plan presents and open presents and that type of thing. But there has to be a line drawn at some point. There's got to be the real message taught at some point or they'll miss the whole beauty of what's there. We received God's Word based on His arrival and all that surrounded His birth. He is unmistakable. He is the King. He's the Son of God. and He's the King of glory. We receive the Word. The second point I want to share with you is this. Not only do we receive the Word, but He became flesh and blood. Go back to 14. And the Word became flesh. He became what? Like us. He became like us. And He became flesh and blood. As we look at this, Philippians 2, 5-7 through says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the, remember that, in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. See, today we're looking for somebody out of the ordinary. We're looking for the spectacular. We're looking for someone to have all the, the pomp and the circumstance and, and, and the dress. And, 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 and if we were really looking for Jesus, we wouldn't have expected Him in the package that He come in. He come in the, to the poorest people, to the poorest of the poor families, in the poorest part of the world. Born in a manger, in a cattle trough. And I was I contemplating look, looking at clips this week, at, at video clips, and, and there was a clip that I saw that, that this was a messy, messy birth. can't say messy this morning, but this was a messy birth. Go out to a cow pen. Go out to a barn where there's real animals, not just one of these old that's been abandoned, they look so good as you drive by, it's making a stout. Go to a working cow pen. Put your boots on. Amen? And get out in the midst of where there are animals and where there, it is a messy place. There's nothing beautiful about it. There's nothing poetic about it. It is what it is. And God Almighty chose to place His Son, His Word, in the middle of mud, muck, and manure. That's what Jesus came to. Our nativity scenes don't reflect that. Jesus was in the middle of that. I'm so glad He came in the muck and in the mire and in the manure. 
Because that's what He pulled me out of when He saved me. Amen? He, did, <laughs> he didn't come. Listen. He didn't come to save us. We were already in good shape. He didn't come into our living rooms and, and be born there where we had a fire going and, and eating popcorn and just finished a, a good meal a little bit before and maybe enjoyed time with the family. He was born in the muck and the mire and the manure and the dirt and that's where he was born because he knew that's what he had to get his hands dirty to save a dirty people, an unclean people, Isaiah says. And in the middle of that, he became flesh and blood. He took upon the curse, he took upon the corruption of the flesh. Did Jesus in the flesh get tired? Yes, He did. And Scripture doesn't record that He got sick, but I'm going to take a stab that I know He was at least subject to getting a cold, sickness, the virus. He suffered the same afflictions that we do. He faced hunger. He faced being tired. He dealt with pain. And he made a choice to limit himself of his godhood while he was in the flesh. We get such a good deal out of this. I want you to know that it's nothing but a win-win situation for Christmas for us. And I want you to know that Jesus gave away everything. We talk about Jesus gave it all when He got on the cross. He gave His life on the cross. He ultimately gave everything. But He was given, He started giving stuff away the day He was born. He gave away being the master of the universe the day He was born. The last times angels sang in His presence, even close, was that night when he was born. That was going to be it for the glory for a while. And he was born to become flesh and blood. And when you think you've got it bad, I'll just share with you, you started out bad. Jesus started out good and became like us. He was made flesh and blood. Third point I want to share is this. Not only was He made flesh and blood, but He, he lived among us. He, he, he rubbed elbows with the people. And the word that's used there, it means to make His dwelling with. He came by a common birth to a common people. He was born to a poor family in a poor part of the world. And in His life, He had to deal with poverty, have you ever felt sorry for yourself and said, oh, I wish I had more money? No, you've never done that. I understand. Jesus knew poverty. Jesus knew not having enough. Which boggles my mind because He's the all-sufficient King. My provider. My sustainer. And yet in earthly form, at times went hungry. 
and as he grew older, didn't have a place to stay. He dealt with poverty. He dealt with prejudice. He was a Jew. He was oppressed by the established government. They say, go get your census taken. you got to go. Pay your taxes. I mean, you think you're oppressed? He dealt with poverty. He dealt with prejudice. And all kinds of hardship to live among us. But I like the last part of this. Not only did He live among us, but check this one out. fourth one says that we saw His glory. We saw His glory. Look back at verse 14. And the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. And I'm going to say something, I hope this isn't hurtful this morning because it may just come out that way. But we don't have a clue sometimes as what it's really like to behold the glory of God. We, we come to church and we say, oh, we had a great worship service. And boy, it was really good. We had a good time. And I want to tell you something. If we could come to church one time and get just a portion of the glimpse of God's glory, it would change everything. Church wouldn't be about what we make it about today. See, church should be about coming and hearing about God and being able to, to, to just get a, a, a little bit of something from Him. If I could just hear one word, or if I could just get one thing, and so many times we come and we do all that stuff and we don't receive. Listen, God wants you to receive. And He came so that we could see His glory. See the essence of who He is. That's what glory is. It's what makes Him up. It's, it's who He is. He's the embodiment of grace and truth. See, remember in the Old Testament, God's glory first dwelt in the tabernacle. As, they go, as the children would go through the wilderness, they had the portable tabernacle where they sat down, they set up the tent, and, and guess what? That's where His glory would dwell. The word's called Shekinah glory. And then later, after the, the tabernacle, they became a, a little bit better off and they were able to set up a permanent temple. And then something happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And God's Word wasn't easily revealed. And for 400 years or so, there was no real glory of God among the people. And then in John, and then in the Gospels, where they share the Christmas story. Linus just read it to you. He came. The angels proclaimed. And the glory that wasn't with the people for so many years, once again, was with us. 
It wasn't housed in a tabernacle. It wasn't housed in a temple. But it was housed in flesh and blood. God's glory in Jesus Christ. So you and I could reveal, could see that glory reveal. We saw His glory. Isn't that the real true meaning and message of Christmas? It broke my heart the other day. And I, I guess, Tommy, I didn't have the, the guts to do it. But it broke my heart as, as I saw a clip. And, and some people kind of got a kick out of it. And, and some people laughed a little bit about it. I want to share with you, I didn't think it was funny at all. Uh, of a local Walmart to where there were people that were screaming and kicking and clawing, trying to get the last shred of, of a wash rag or a dishcloth. And a lot of people passed it around and it was, you know, it maybe was humorous to them or whatever. And I'm not, if you laughed, that's fine, go ahead and laugh. But my gut reaction wasn't laughter. And I'm not saying that because I'm so much better than you. But on that particular day, it caught me. And the only thing I could think of is how far is that scene from Bethlehem? How far is the, the fact that we kill ourselves in stress to get the right gift or the right thing and make it about it. Listen, I, I want to share with you that I think you can do things this Christmas season and have the right attitude and, and, and reflect Christ when you give a gift. Amen? I mean, I'm the first to admit, and, so, and I kind of shared a little bit of my humorous day yesterday on Facebook, I shopped till I dropped yesterday. But I didn't get just about the shopping. I got news for you. If they don't get the latest edition of whatever you're trying to get, the world will still go on. You ever notice that? There's always a new edition of some, especially if it's computer related or, or game, some sort of game, that the latest is always out in November and December. Just coincidentally, in time for gift season. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and I can have fun in, in giving my kids gifts, but they know that just because it's on a list don't mean they're getting everything. Amen? Come on. A list is just, a wish list is just that. I wish. But I got news for you. I'm not a genie. Amen? It's a wish list. You know, sometimes it's okay to wish for things. Is that not true? Get everything you want, you'll never know how to work for it. It's okay to wish for things sometimes. Do y'all remember, I know this is a little bit off, but I just had a flashback to my childhood. i got to share. Um, before the Internet. Yes, there was life before the Internet, guys. But Before the Internet. The, the biggest thing that we got enjoyed was the, the, the Christmas catalog. Remember that? Big Christmas catalog. They don't even make those anymore, I don't think. Big Because you go online, yeah. Big Christmas catalogs. And those things would arrive. And I almost promise you that it was like a light shining out of the sky down on that thing. And we'd run and go get the Christmas catalog. It was... And Mom would say, look... For things that you want. 
If there's anything you really like, look through there. And of course we'd go through and we'd mark a dog ear, tear the page out, whatever. It's okay to have a wish. I think personally it's okay to, to celebrate the season. But even as you're giving gifts, remember you can't give a thing unless you first get from God. I mean, you can't buy anything unless God grants you to have some means to buy it with. And as you're buying something for somebody, don't just do it because you feel obligated. Do it because you really want to see them smile. Because that's the, that's the character of God. God does for us so we can be made better off, to please us, to make us happy, and for our good. There are things on our kids' list we may not buy them. At this age, my, my boys aren't getting chainsaws. Now, they haven't asked for them and we're good, but at this age, they're not getting chainsaws. You wouldn't either, but... But we get them something for their good. And doesn't it, isn't it nice to see somebody smile when they really appreciate what they got? I wonder, as we prepare to close, and they prepare for the invitation, I wonder when's the last time we really thought about what Christ has given us. Have we shown Him our appreciation for that? Have we shown God the appreciation for sending Jesus and just said, Lord, thank You? And not make a big prayer, not make these vows and I'm going to do this and I'm going to come to church every time the door's up. I'm not saying that kind of stuff. I'm saying just look up and say, Lord, thank You for Jesus. Because had He not come, I wouldn't have an opportunity to be saved. When's the last time we've done that? I ask you to stay. <clears throat> Father, speak to our hearts today and reveal what needs to be revealed. We love you. Amen.